From high atop 1926 Hollywood Boulevard, you're listening to SoFlowRadio.com. What's wrong with this country, Marty? Money. You taught me that. Evil defense contractors had it, noble causes did not. Politicians are bought and sold like so much chattel. Our problems multiply. Pollution, crime, drugs, poverty, disease, hunger, despair. We throw gobs of money at them. Problems always get worse. Why is that? Because money's most powerful ability is to allow bad people to continue doing bad things at the expense of those who don't have it. Listen, when I was in prison, I learned that everything in this world, including money, operates not on reality, but the perception of reality. Pause it. People think a bank might be financially shaky. Consequence. People start to withdraw their money. Result. Pretty soon it is financially shaky. Conclusion. You can make banks fail. I've already done that. Maybe you've heard about a few. (laughs) Think bigger. Stock market? Yes. Currency market? Yes. Commodities market? Yes. Small countries? I might even be able to crash the whole damn system. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Sure, hey, yeah. Happy why Valentine's not? Day. Yes, Welcome to the Groupathon. I am Tony C, and as you can hear, as always, I am joined live in the studio by the Master of Production and Engineering, the man who makes sure that our groove is satiny smooth, and the on-air SCOTUS to my appellate division, a man worthy of unanimous consent. Say hello to the Honorable... Los Georges. You said SCOTUS, right? I All did right. say SCOTUS. All right, that's Gramps Master Flash to you. I'm growing my Gramps beard. I know. I like yeah. that. It's coming in nice. Of course, request every Groovathon centers around an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo to all the folks listening live and downloading here in America and around the world, y'all. How you doing, pal? Doing great. You know, we're, we're, we are a day late, but not one iota of groove short. I promise you that. I had a fantastic weekend. The weather has just been spectacular. My, uh, my cousin Roberta was down. And so I got to get in a couple of rounds of golf with her and my uncle, which is fantastic. And on Saturday, I played golf in the morning. Then went out in the afternoon, saw uh, some friends of mine, Joseph and Tony Fellows, out at CB Smith Park. They were doing uh, their thing every. They do it every year for Rockers in Recovery. And so they went out there. I got to see that show. And then the cherry on top for my weekend uh, was Sunday night. I went with a very good friend of mine, one of the first people I became friends with when I moved down here in 2000, my friend Yaja Lewinsky, and we went and saw Al Demiola at the Parker Playhouse. He's on his elegant gypsy tour. That shit was awesome. And he's actually going to be playing at Carnegie Hall uh, with a bunch of other people, I think, in a month or so. There's a thing going on called Django Agogo. So they're doing, uh, it's like a show with all the music from Django Reinhardt. So that would probably be pretty interesting. Even more important, yes, today, Valentine's Day. How appropriate? Pitchers and catchers report to spring training today. <laughs> Last year, when the Mets lost, the, uh, there was a one-game playoff. They lost to San Francisco Giants to get into uh, the, the wild card uh, game. It's like a wild card playoff. After the Mets lost, Noah Syndergaard uh, sent out a tweet that said, Baseball has a way of ripping your heart out, stabbing it, putting it back in your chest, then healing itself just in time for spring training. So, hope springing eternal right there. I mean, 
All you got to do is ask Dodgers fans from the 30s, 40s, and early 50s. You know, wait, just wait till next year. Of course, we have got lots of stuff to get to today. Holy crap, Hola. You know, I had said last week I was gonna think about doing a show with all music. I can't do it. I can't I'm I'm incapable based on the way the world is these days. Re- reality won't let you. It won't. Let me see what we got today. We got coal miners getting the shaft while their bosses get rich off polluting our land. Uh, Katie Pavlich somehow managed to make it to the show. Why I'm gonna make book at six to five that MC Hammer will be the next press secretary. I've got. I can. I'm going to explain that one later. There is an. Okay. There is a All right. Valid explanation for that. I've got the Johnny Depp's dilemma of fiduciary responsibility versus personal accountability, and how that ties in to a couple of movies I recently rewatched um, that reminded me of what you know Johnny D and the rest of us did not learn in 2008. Of course, all of that is going to be neatly ensconced in two hours of the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air. It is just past 2 o'clock in the only Hollywood that matters anymore. Yeah, Hollywood. Florida, that means it's just past 9 o'clock in the morning in the Big Island. Big aloha to the Ocean View crew. Just past 7 o'clock in Dublin, Lisbon, St. Anne's, Lisbon, and the rest of Western Europe. Yo, Gramps, Master Flash, are you about ready to hand down a ruling on this groovy lineup? ready. I'll tell you something. I got a bunch of Spilkas, uh... After the last show from friends of mine of the uh, female persuasion regarding my uh, dismissal of the long-term effects of the uh, dames, broads, chicks, skirts, sugar britches, and their beards marching around the world in unison. To which I responded that I supported the intent but was simply skeptical as to the difference it would catalyze in the near future. Still, I want to... I want to give credit where credit is due, so saddle up and stick around. It's Ladies First on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com. It is wicked. Those that don't know how to be pros get evicted. A woman could bear you, break you, take you. Now it's time to romp. Can you relate to a sister's open up to make you holler and scream? Hey, yo, let me take it from here, queen. Excuse me, but I think I'm about to To get into precisely what I am about to do. I'm conversating to the folks who have no whatsoever clue. So listen very carefully as I break it down for you. Merrily, 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 merrily. Hi, for happy, overjoyed. Please, with all the beats and rhymes my sisters have employed. Look as you're throwing down the sound. Totally a yes. Let me state the position. Ladies first. Yes? Yes. Yeah, there's gonna be some changes right there. Believe me when I say being a woman is great to see. I know that all the fellas out there will agree with me. Not for being one, but for being with one. Cause when it's time for loving, it's the woman that gets them sworn. Stepping, strutting, moving on, rhyming, cutting, and not forgetting. We are the ones to give birth to the new generation of prophets, cause it's late. I break into a lyrical freestyle. Grab the mic, look at the crowd, and see smiles. Cause they see a woman standing up on her own too. Sloppy slouching is something I won't do. Some think that we can't flow. Can't flow. Stereotypes, they got to go. go. I'ma mess around and flip the scene into reverse. With what? With a little touch of late first.
but you must be blind If you don't believe what well, here, listen to this rhyme Ladies first, there's no time to rehearse I'm divine and my mind expands throughout the universe A female rapper with a message to send The Queen Latifah is a perfect specimen My sister, can I get some? Sure, Moni Love, grab the mic and get dumb Yo, praise me not for being simply what I am Born in L-O-N-D-O and sound American You dig exactly where I'm coming from You want righteous rhyming, I'ma give you some To enable you to age yourself And get paid under material that has no meaning I wish to slay, pay me every bit of your attention Like mother, like daughter, I would also like to mention I wish for you to bring me to the bring me to the rhythm Of which is now systematically given Desperately stressing, I'm the daughter of a sister Who's the mother of a brother Who's the brother of another Plus one more, all four Have a job to do, we do in a respect due To the mother who's the root of it And next up is me, the M-O-N-I-E-L-O-V-E And I'm first, cause I'm a L-A-D-I-E Contact and in fact, the style it gets harder Cooling on the scene with my European partner Laying down track after track Waiting for the climax When I get there, that's when I tax The next man, or the next woman, man It doesn't make a difference Keep the competition coming And I recite chapter in verse The title of this recital is Ladies First Invincible. 
picture When half of y'all only seen a tenth of the scripture Taking y'all to school but I ain't giving you a lecture Graduated from the game and I can recommend a letter uh, So untouchable, all on my composure Shout out to Chicago, I'm banking off music Shit is Wells Fargo, write you off like the Coens And leave you up in Fargo Oh, how it hurts so good Cause feeling that pain made me right for the hood Yeah, and you don't have a clue You're playing detective but you can't find you But then the big government, the Supreme Court, and those bleeding heart liberals just couldn't leave well enough alone. And now look at it. A big, ugly melting pot just boiling over on what used to be a nice, white stove. That's why I decided to launch my Take Back America tour across this great country. I'll be coming to a city near you, singing inspirational songs filled with traditional values. The Lord loves the NRA, he told me so the other day, he spelled it out in bullets in the sky. He's sitting up in heaven with his AK-47, he's a rough and ready, much a kind of guy. Yeah. Excuse me, Mr. Negro, but I'd like to ask you a question. What's so bad about the back of the bus? You still got a seat like the rest of us. Sitting in the back of the bus Nothing would be finer than to drop a bomb on China in the morning Nothing would be sweeter than to shoot a welfare cheater in the morning You know, there's been a lot of talk about the effect of illegal immigration on the overburdened health care system Well, here's my solution Hey, senorita, put down that fajita. Don't tell me you're eating for two. Before you break water, I've got an order that I'm about to give to you. Get your butt back to Mexico. Adios, and that's that. Get your butt back to Mexico. And then have your bread. Mikasa no es su casa, you hear? Be sure to catch Darlene in these cities on her upcoming tour. Laramie, Dallas, Little Rock, Amarillo, Topeka, Rapid City, 
Yeah, the Beatles, baby. Can't go wrong with the Beatles. I, feel, I don't know how many times I'm going to have to say that over and over again. But it's true in each and every time. And Your Bird Can Sing. That was from Revolver. It's also on Yesterday and Today, which is kind of one of those interesting albums. The Butcher Baby cover. That was the one they had to actually change the cover on it and make them all sitting in a steamer trunk. So if you've got an original pressing of that, it's worth a lot of money if you've got it on the original Capitol label. Before that, Soundgarden My Way from Super Unknown. Before that, yeah, baby, let's take America back to 1955. Yeah. There's, that literally, that's the theme song for the current administration, or for Republicans in general, as far as I can tell. Sure. And for that, Us Three Invincible. That is from Lie, Cheat, and Steal. That came out in 2011. I've always been a big Us Three fan. And kicking it off, yeah, my sort of... My little musical mea culpa <laughs> to uh, to my female listeners and friends. Queen Latifah, ladies first from All Hail the Queen. That's with the Moni Love doing a little bit of rapping on that. I, I had that, that CD. I, I made them put it on the jukebox at a bar called Tappacag in New York, and it was there for years. When I moved down here to Florida, they had to take it out and send it to me. They were like, oh, he's not going to be coming around anymore. I guess we can take it out of the jukebox now. That and Encomium. The uh, Led Zeppelin tribute. Those were the two CDs I had That's donated a bit to of the a burn. Bar. Nobody likes this song but him. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it got played. Look, it got played. I don't want to hear your shit. The, what the reason was, the real reason was they went to one of those digital audio things, you know, the satellite jukeboxes. Yeah. So, you know, and that's got like a bazillion. Uh, of course, songs on it. yeah, that was the. the I'll tell you, originally I didn't like, you know, I was always a big fan of like the, you know, the original 45s. And then when the CDs came in, I was like, oh, I like the 45s. But I gradually started to like the CDs, more music. Sure. Okay. And then when the, the, you know, the satellite thing came in, I was like, oh, I like the CDs. And then I realized, hey, more music. I, you know, I like the fact I could look up all kinds of songs you wouldn't think of anywhere else. So, lots of stuff happened, but this one caught my eye just yesterday. There's a uh, drug out uh, called Movantic, okay? It is a laxative for people with IOC, which is opioid-induced constipation, you know? And their uh, their slogan is, is, this is when I came to my Movantic moment. I had my Movantic <laughs> moment. Guys, like, I tried prunes. I tried laxatives. I had had a back injury and had been taking opioids, and they were great uh-huh. for the pain. But, boy, did that really stop me up. And here's the thing. In this ad, okay, the guy that's in his head, he's basically the supervisor at a construction site, okay? So now the guy's got no problem taking a dump, okay? <laughs> yeah. But he's whacked out on synthetic China white while in charge of construction you, you, equipment. You know, it occurs to me that if they'd had that back in the 1800s, the Boxer Rebellion might have been averted. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding, young man. Well, nice input. A little bit of an obscure thing. People are Googling them. <laughs> the Boxer Rebellion. They're, they're For Googling those who don't Boxer know, it's, it's, it's when the American and, and European nations conspired to continue to sell opium to the Chinese who didn't want us to. Yeah, so we well, went to war think, to keep how us... How do you think that be, this yeah. country got rich? Uh, uh, Kennedy? Yeah. Kennedy? Drug dealing. He, that's what he made. Bootlegging. I'm right. going to tell you... Here's one A noble thing. profession. I'll tell you... Bootlegging. Some, I'll tell you somebody who made a lot of money. The uh, father of... Two presidents of Teddy and Franklin Roosevelt, their father made all his money in mm. the opium trade. Those guys never earned – they right. earned basically nothing as public servants, yet they had you know bazillions of dollars in wealth. Why? Because mm. their father made a ton of money selling dope to the China – to China. That's basically how they did it. So – yeah, there you go. It was about it with that, with people, you know, you know, uh, uh, eating the oxies uh, like right. they well, are. It was, got, it was just a matter of time before some spinoff industries. Well, the, the original spinoff industry is, of course, Doctor Bayer, who came up with methadone, 
for the German troops right. as a cheap alternative to uh, heroin. I don't know who invented Xanax, but that was certainly inspired. <laughs> uh, let me see what else. House GOP dismantles Obama regulation protecting streams from coal mining debris. Yeah. Yeah. This one kind of caught my eye. House Republicans approved the measure Wednesday that scuttles a regulation aimed at preventing coal mining debris from being dumped into nearby streams. You know, in light of they everything. They got rid of it. They got rid of it. In light of everything, and I, I posted a, a meme that says, find someone, for Valentine's Day, find someone who looks at you the way these guys look at a, a bill being signed to uh, spill, you know, cold waste. Because it showed all the all the uh, executives watching Paul Ryan uh-huh. sign the bill, and they're all like, hey, they're oh, all beaming, God, oh, beaming over they're, here. They're, they're, absolutely, they're but, rubbing one yeah, out while it I, takes I, place. I, I hope it's uphill from here, because I, I know you've been off for a while, but in light of everything that's happening, like, coal waste in the... Oh, come on! We've had a lot better stuff than that. Uh, yeah, well, the other <laughs> thing they did, basically in the same bill, they also yeah. voted to rescind a separate rule requiring companies, coal companies and energy companies, okay, from disclosing payments made to foreign governments oh. related to mining and drilling. So now we don't have to disclose, <sighs> yeah. you know, any... Uh, Anything that has to do with foreign governments and our desire to make money by providing energy while at the same time polluting the land that enabled us to run up a $20 trillion debt, which was collateralized by by exactly what these guys are using as if it's never going to run mm. out. Hey, tip, okay? Coal and oil will run out. Yeah. At some point, there'll right. be no more of it. Oh, come on. We're making more. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one that... Uh, well, you know, I'm fossilizing as fast as I've got, I can. I've got, I literally have. There's so much here. One one of these things that caught my eye was uh, this thing about uh, Katie Pavlich. Katie Pavlich was a uh, uh, an editor for a website called Hot Air, which is one of these Uber right wing, and she was real big on the uh, um, the thing about guns going across the border. What was it called again? Uh, Fast and Furious. Oh yeah, yeah. and uh, the other one that came after it. Okay, she wrote this book. That's how she got big. Well, now she's she's now part of the White House press corps from nowhere. She's nobody. She's literally nobody. But she is absolutely perfect for Fox. Why? Well, she speaks their narrative. She's a good looking chick. She blonde. She is. Oh, well, then. Well, I don't know if the drapes match the curtain. That's not the point. I don't know if the the carpet matches the drapes. I don't care if you're peroxide blonde on Fox. Yeah. So... But what what I noticed was Sean Spicer comes out one, doing one of his press conferences. He does this whole spiel where he basically has to, uh, you know, cover for whatever stupid ass shit the president's done in the last twenty four hours, and then he opens up to questions. And of course, first question, okay, Brett no, you would think, <laughs> yeah, it was her. Yeah, it was her, Katie Pavlich. This person that has no no credibility, nothing. What, whatever. Right to her. And she asked the question, and the first thing out of his mouth, and this is what clued me in, is exactly what I've spoken about before, which is if you're a salesman, okay, and you're trying to sell a product to somebody, and they ask you a question, the first thing out of your mouth should be this. Wow, great question. You know what most of my clients are doing is, mm. and that's how, that's, mm, what, sure. that's how you work. When I trained salesmen and had a sales staff, I instructed them, that's got to be, wow, great question. You want them to feel smart. She asks a question. The question is designed. To be a, to enable uh, Sean Spicer, okay, mm. to give an answer that speaks to the White House narrative. 
So you know, it's it's this is this has been right. pre this is scripted. It's well, it's already right. pre-orchestrated. Well, the other, the, when he went to uh, to Breitbart, the question from Breitbart News was: Now that CNN has decided to be a fake news channel, right. What's what measures do you plan to take to you know? That, that was the question. How, how these guys? What? This is really we we now do live in an alternate reality. It, it, it's not. It's, it's not, not an, alternate an alternate reality. reality. They're trying to I'm make just, it. They they they, they are doing everything. The the faith based people and who who believe in the alternate reality because a bigot told them so. Right. And the, oh, they. He speaks our language, bigotry, so everything that he's saying must be true or whatever. We're going to pretend. We're going to operate as if because fuck you, we're bigots. That's the first, uh, the first uh, thing a cult leader does uh, not is tells you that yeah. he's the only one you should believe. Don't believe at, anybody else. At, just believe at me. This that point, is how you start a cult. At this not point, run a government. You start know a cult. everything that they're saying is bullshit. Even the people that support him know that everything that he's saying is bullshit and they don't care because well, he's a bigot. We got more about that. Here's when uh, they lied. McConnell and Ryan just blocked expanded Russia probe to shield Trump from impeachment. Now, I was the show was supposed to be yesterday, and mm, yeah. but because it's today, I now can talk about Flynn. Yeah, it's I moving mean, fast. This guy literally had to take a powder on being Putin's man inside the White House. And mm. here's the thing: it was revealed that White House counsel was aware of his deception, and mm. that's what flat out is deception. Yeah. Okay, they were aware of this three weeks ago. So you right. have to wonder. What our comrade in chief is going to try as his next MacGuffin, okay, and uh, in order to keep us, you know, keep the spotlight off of this. Concentration camps. Yeah. Concentration camps. I'm saying because the whole, want because the whole immigration ban was a big fat MacGuffin. It's like, let's, let's, let's throw something out there. It's going to tie up intern- the courts and the media. Internment camps now. It's internment is what he's going to be looking for. Except he wants him interned someplace else. He'd like, he'd like yeah. them in de- well. uninterned. Well, he oh, yeah. they've been hey, look, here. He wants Guantanamo. We're already housing people there. We already, you know, it's a this prison. Is all, you know, and it's in Spickland. Perfect tax returns. Ta- tax shut, returns. Shut up. No, we're going to do tax some, returns. He's going to do something else. He's going to write Doesn't another executive to, order. The thing Everybody is, is going to have to wear their underwear the on the thing. outside. What they said, what the council, what White House counsel said, was that they were concerned that Flynn was susceptible to being blackmailed. Yeah. By the Russian government. Well, I have a feeling that Scrotus, that was the term I heard, it's uh, a so-called ruler of the United States. Shout out to my band, Kenny, Ken Sanzel, for turning me on to that little little ditty right there. Okay, we have to wonder what he's going to try next in order to keep us from paying attention to him being the potential for blackmail as a result of his indiscretions at the Russian P-Room. I'm telling you, mass deportations. Russian P-Room, trademark. It's already been out. The internet. The internet. The internet's already on. All right. The it's going to be another because the immigration ban worked so well as <laughs> as a distraction. Oh yeah. All right. That the next one is going to be something something that the bigots will get behind and everybody else will be outraged about. That's going to be the next MacGuffin. And I'm telling you, I said concentration camps. It's going to be along those lines. It's going to be internment camps, mass deportations, raids, some flagrant violation of the Constitution. Well, there's some bad dudes out there. They're bad, hombres, bad hombres. Bad hombres. Bad hombres. You gotta be. You gotta really grease it up. When well, you're hombres. disparaging a whole race of people, try to stick an ethnic. No, hermano. Yes, <laughs> malo hombres, son muy malo. <laughs> uh, listen, we're saying it here. It's dated. It's on a thing. My prediction: the next distraction du jour is going to be uh, he's going to come at the beaners again. Is he? Yeah. Okay, we All heard right. it. All right. Okay, so here's this thing. Here's the other thing that uh, 
that caught my eye. I'm, you know, baseball's coming back. So now I'm starting to pay attention to Major League Baseball Network again. I'm getting into top 10 prospects. I'm watching all this shit. And they have a bunch of, they do their own programs. They do, you know, documentaries and specials and stuff. And one of them that was on recently is called The Swingin' A's. Okay. And it's about the Oakland A's team during the early 1970s. And this team was awesome. Awesome. They won five straight division titles and three straight World Series championships. Just to put this in perspective, the only other baseball team in history to that point, and I believe up to now, that has only won three straight World Series, New York Yankees. So when the Oakland A's do it, after moving from Kansas City, you know, only a couple of years earlier, that's saying something. Now, in 19, you know, Chuck Finley, Charlie O. Finley, was the owner of the team. He bought the team. Tried to buy it in 55, ended up buying it in 64 when it was in Kansas City, moved it to Oakland, I believe, in 68. And their streak of of winning started in 71. They had Reggie Jackson, Vida Blue, Raleigh Fingers. They had, you know, they just had a fantastic, fantastic team. Sal Bando was on that team. They were killing it. They're fucking killing it. They won a they won like a hundred games two years in a row. Shit like that. If Charlie fin- Charlie Finley was First of all, he was cheap, but he was also very meddlesome. He stuck his nose in. So he was kind of his own general manager. When you own a team, you hire a general manager to do the the business dealings, the trades and stuff like that. And even though the owner has final say, you rely on your general manager because that's a guy who's supposed to really know baseball. The owner of the team is supposed to know the business of baseball. The general manager is supposed to know the intricacies of the players involved in that business and what would be best for their particular company in that industry, their team within the baseball industry. By the way, side note here, what do baseball and health insurance have in common? I I give up. They are the only two industries that are not subject to the Sherman Antitrust Act. They are, in fact, allowed to collude. Oh. Yes. Okay, there was something called the uh, – I can't remember the the clause. But basically, players for up until free agency, okay, were the property of the team. Hmm. They, They were owned by the team. Okay, and he might have won two or three more World Series with that team had he not just fucking been so stubborn and destroyed it. In 74, after winning the third straight World Series championship, Finley lost his ace pitcher, Catfish Hunter, to free agency over a contract dispute. Now, this guy is a 20-game winner, and he walked. The A's still managed to dominate throughout 1975 regular season without Hunter, only to lose to Boston in the playoffs that year. With free agency looming at the end of 1976, Finley began dismantling the ball club. Reggie Jackson and Ken Holtzman were traded to Baltimore a week prior to the start of the 76 season. Finley attempted to sell Joe Rudy and Raleigh Fingers to the Red Sox and Vida Blue to the Yankees. Major League Baseball commissioner uh, at the time was uh, Bowie Kuhn, decided to invoke a rarely used the best interests of baseball clause in order to void the sale of those players to other teams. And one of the things he said, uh, there was a great quote in here. He said, um, he said it amounted to a fire sale, citing concerns that if Blue joined, this is after he tried to trade him again to the Reds, and Kuhn said the balance of power in the National League would tilt disproportionately in favor of the Reds if that trade took place. He was trying to keep the balance in there. And all of this, basically goes back to my feeling that, um, and, you know, he's countersued. He sued Major League Baseball for $10 million, 
lost the suit. Okay, it's a Finley versus Kuhn. Uh, the court ruled that the commissioner had the authority to determine what is in the best interest of baseball. In 1976, after all the A's, all these people left, okay, they, uh, there, was only, there was nobody left on the team except like Vita Blue and Billy North. In 1977, only two years after winning their fifth straight division title and three years after winning a third consecutive World Series, the A's finished in last place in their division with one of the worst records in baseball. Okay, now I'm watching this documentary. I'm starting to think Donald Trump is Charlie Finley. He's a cheap guy. He can't stop sticking his nose into shit he doesn't know anything about. Which oh, right, like the Trump stakes and the Trump airlines. He can't do right. that. Okay, it's it. I said Trump is Finley. The USA. Okay, so Trump is Charlie O. Finley. The United States of America. Its natural resources. Its citizenry. Its international relationships. And its reputation are the ball club. And executive decisions are being driven by self-interest in a global league where free agency is running amok because there's no Bowie Kuhn in D.C. to fucking stifle it. There's nobody there with the authority to keep in check and no desire to appoint someone whose job it is to speak truth to power because that might hinder the owners from profiting at the player's expense. This is what Donald Trump is. He's literally the Bowie Kuhn of presidents. And this gets me back to my MC Hammer thing. Okay. Because at the age of 13, Charlie O'Finley took MC Hammer and put him in the broadcast booth for the Oakland A's. It's like their child mascot <laughs> and had him announcing games and calling games. So my feeling is any second now, he ought to be press secretary because you know Spicer won't last. That guy's. Oh, no. But you know his, what? His, no one he's else gotta will have either. Heart problems now. I mean, his blood pressure's got to be what? No one else. Ten over one forty. It is like none on. of them. None of them are going to last. And and you, you know you know I'm. Um, I just wanted I, to make I'm sure you new, got the new the fan. MC I, got, I, I, I got it. I got it. But <laughs> but I just want to say like because I want to uh, shout out to you know I'm I'm officially a fan now of Kellyanne Conway since adding to our lexicon. Oh really. Well, Sure, oh, well. but the alternative facts. See, under, understand this. I think she's a uh, and and well, you saw the close up of her with her nails. She's got she's she's doing her makeup, but they God, show her nails are all like ratty. She, like she she chews her nails. They showed her nails. She's she's chewing the her fingertips down to nubbins. All right. <laughs> And and the face, she couldn't look more haggard. I mean, she's a gruesome beast who looks like who looks like the crypt keeper. However, however, a a person's appearance should have nothing to do with your opinion of them. And so I only mention her appearance because it is so obvious what this is doing to her. Oh God! All right, she she didn't just sell her soul, but what 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 Sold remnants? It. What remnants? Are left are being are being sucked out every time she goes on television. It, it, it's it's horrible. She is taking it, it's it's like she did it to herself. I don't want to hear it to herself. It isn't sympathy. This isn't sympathy. Okay. I'm 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 doing a narrative of what I see. This is an effect. I don't feel bad for her, but she she might just do. die on camera. To. She just might die. This it's like every interview sucks more and more life force out of her as she as she herniatically tries to channel, <laughs> you know, tries to you know put a, a positive face on the madness. I keep wondering if she's coming if she's got plantar fasciitis, so, she problems with shin splints because she's dancing so, as fast as she can. The only person that they could have to be a press secretary is is another her or maybe her because MC Hammer MC, MC Hammer, Hammer I don't know I'm going with the hammer All right, baby can't Put touch the hammer this down baby I'll tell you the interesting thing was is that start uh, playing some hammer here you know when uh, after uh, 
when when Charlie Finley was like you know fire sailing the uh, Oakland A's, he basically made uh, there was a Mike Andrews was the second baseman for uh, for the Oakland A's, and he made an error. He made two errors in one playoff game. They ended up winning in a World Series game. They ended up winning, or no, in a in some game during this during the year. That was it. It was some game during the year, and right at the end of the year, and. Charlie Finley called down to the dugout and said, take him out of the lineup. Literally, because he had made two errors that day. Stop banging on the table, Tony. I will stop banging. <laughs> okay, he had made two errors. So they sat him for like two weeks. And when the A's played the Mets in 73, this is 1973, the, the A's go in. And when they went and played in Shea Stadium, he got put back in the lineup. And he got a standing ovation from Mets fans. From the Mets fans. During the World Series, because they recognized that he was pulled out for no reason. He was being, you know, errors happen. They happen. Okay? This, that's the same kind of thing I see happening right now. It's all by the seat of their pants, and nobody knows what the fuck they're doing over there, man. There's, they're asleep at the wheel. They're literally asleep at the wheel. How can you have a guy... That's the thing about Flynn. Is he forgot the, the Martha Stewart rule. Okay? Is if you've reached a certain level of prominence... In American society, okay, when you do something wrong, it's usually not the crime that winds up bringing you down. It's the cover-up that ends up bringing you down. Yep. And Flynn, this guy, he was like Putin's man at the table. And now Russia's coming out with all this shit, okay, trying to defend him. Oh, that's bullshit. He literally got on the phone with him the day the sanctions were coming down. And what it reminded me of was something that President Obama did that pissed me right the fuck off, where they got him on mic talking with uh, Putin right before uh, the year in 2011 or 2012, before he got reelected, saying, hey, you know what? Uh, they were at some, you know, big well, oh, yeah, I saw that goes, clip. Oh, you see, Obama did Yeah, and he, no, but he goes, don't worry, this will be a lot easier to take care of after the election. He did, mm-hmm. Obama did the same thing. Let's not fucking kid ourselves. Okay, he did the same thing. The difference is he didn't lie about it. Right. And he didn't. Yeah, he didn't lie to his boss about it because he his, you know, well, he did actually. He didn't have a chance to. It was there on tape, right. but at least he didn't cover it up. Right. Once it was out, it was out. He didn't fucking say anything. He had to own up to it. Yeah. Okay, because you know who his boss is? Me. Yeah. You. Yeah. Right. We're the boss. They work for us. And you see all That's those town hall how meetings it ought to where be, they're right? screaming oh, at him. I love you it. work for us. Do your job. Do your job. And now, of course, Fox is saying, this is just George Soros' people. Yeah. Shut up, you... It's like, if they've got the the, the, Co- the Koch brothers doing their turf... But- they, Perfing, right. they're, they're, they're moving the, the, the out. It's not grass- they can't believe somebody else can right. have an actual grassroots the, movement. The Koch brothers invented the Tea Party, and we can show the chain of money. Right. They what think, we're doing is they using think the same that they thing, can just except say we don't that, have anybody right. paying for it. But they think that they can just say that shit. Right. And, and of course, the people, the Fox News watchers, believe everything that's on there because they're bigots. And, and, uh, but they can't produce a, an invoice, a check, nothing, or nothing like that. It's no. one of those things. If we just keep saying it enough and get it into the lexicon of the people that we need, you know who the narrative we need to get out to the people we need to hear it that should be enough because they'll they'll take up the mantle of lunacy from there that's what they'll do all right that's you know what the fuck right yeah what right what the fuck unbelievable hey we're gonna keep the groove going here i got some stuff after the next set though we're gonna be talking about some complicated stuff but it's, it's important okay it's important and i'm gonna try and not get on my high horse about i know more than you and try and break it down so that you understand. Because 
this is one of those things. This is one of those things that pisses me off about Wall Street is that they they tell you that you should be more responsible for looking after your own stuff, but they go out of their way to make shit as complicated as possible. So even if you do, <laughs> there's no way for you to fucking understand it. Right, right. right. All right. So I'm going to be getting into a lot of that shit later. We're going to keep the groove going, though, with the Sonics on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com. <laughs> Ain't no food I'm maintaining my 
I make the joke how in America you can change political parties, but you can't change the policies. In China, you cannot change the party, but you can change policies. China is a market economy, and it's a vibrant market economy, but it is not a capitalist country. Here's why. There's no way a group of billionaires could control the Politburo as billionaires control American policymaking. So in China, you have a vibrant market economy, but capital does not rise above political authority. Capital is not, does not have enshrined rights. In America, capital, the interest of capital, and capital itself has risen above the, na- the American nation. The political authority cannot check the power of capital. And that's why America is a capitalist country, but China is not. <laughs>
between stations Blackness framed by cold metal angles Silence and peace of strong life and emotion Hidden away
get your jaw swirl on, baby. Desmond Decker, you and Unity, U N I T Y is Unity. I was going to say, I almost did that with a double shot with Queen Latifah, U-N-I-T-Y, but that would have been too easy. It's from uh, his album, This Is Desmond Decker, which came out in 69. Ironically, the actual, the original pressing of the album, on the album cover, they spelt his name wrong. <laughs> it's D-E-K-K-E-R, nice. and they spelt it D-E-K-K-A-R on an album entitled This Is Desmond Decker, which I think is pretty funny. Before that, yeah, Leonard Skinner, I Ain't The One. From their album, Pronounced Leonard Skinner. Before that, Screaming Headless Torsos. I love this band. I don't know. It's, 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 a, uh, it's, a, it's one of those things. A little thing of mine. I just love groove like that. From Graffiti Cemetery. That came out in uh, 1990. Or the song's Graffiti Cemetery. It's from the album 1995, which came out in 95. It's our first album. It's Dave Fashinsky and a bunch of other guys. My brother actually uh, turned me on to Fashinsky and a couple other guys that are some pretty interesting musicians. Before that, Eric Lee describing why America is a capitalist country. That is from a documentary called The Coming War with China, which I would recommend uh, everybody take a look at. It's very interesting. Um, it's got, Historically speaking, it's absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating stuff. For that Lords of Acid, As I Am from Expand Your Head, that's actually a remixed version of the song and kicking it off. One of the great rock and roll bands of all time. The Sonics maintaining my cool from introducing the Sonics back in 67. So, here we go. All right. This is the headline that caught my eye and kind of got me going down this path. The headline was from the New York Times. It is a... Uh, it was a uh, column they do, did in Business Day, and it said, The Depp Conundrum, Who Should Keep Tabs on the Money? And this centers around Johnny Depp. Uh, basically, uh, he's going through some shit right now. They're putting foreclosures on his home. He's had to – he literally – he was said to have cut off his fingertip in a marital dispute. Now, he's got to sell a small French town. He's like, he bought it. Okay. Now, <laughs> okay. let's just be – you know – he uh, he's appeared in some of the highest grossing uh, pictures, you know, of all time. And also they put down here, he said, also some of the weirdest yoga hosers. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. No, no. OK, but um, <laughs> Depp has paid more than five point six million in interest in overdue taxes. OK, he also lent me. He, he literally just spent money like it was going out of style. And so he's suing the company. That uh, was supposed to take care of his money. And at the core of those, basically what we're, what's going on here is that the reason this is important is that um, there is a battle going on right now in the federal government about how much responsibility we ought to bear in managing our own finances and how much we should trust people giving us the advice. All right. Okay? Yeah. And as I said earlier, this is one of those things that makes me fucking crazy because – I literally – I get into this shit, and there's stuff I don't understand. Now, if I don't understand it, then I guarantee you, Mon Pa Kettle, who are running a business mm -hmm. in the heart of – they definitely don't understand it. Right. I don't think – I'm not saying they, they're not capable of understanding it, but they currently don't have the understanding of it. It takes – it's so mind-numbing, you know, trying to understand a lot of this shit. And – this is the kind of thing the, – the guy was writing uh, – this is where the Trump administration comes in because the word fiduciary mm -hmm. is literally at the heart of this battle that's going on right now about how much responsibility people should have over their finances. At the core of those who oppose the new fiduciary rules – and Obama put these rules in 
like la- within the last couple of months of his administration. Mm-hmm. He tried to put in fiduciary rules. And the new fiduciary rules is a basic belief, okay? This is the, uh, the core of those who oppose it. And people ought to bear more responsibility for monitoring their finances and lives. The fiduciary standard, its critics claim, does a disservice to the nation by placing the burden of financial accountability on advisors rather than on us. Okay. Okay. Let's just, okay. Let me just stop mm-hmm. right there. Okay. This is like saying that I'm responsible for the electrical work in my house more than the electricians. Now I move on. I, right. Okay. That literally, that's that's the analogy sure. no, I, I would I, make. This uh, this is about the the law that they try to change. Right. And, yeah. We should be expected to scrutinize the advice we receive. These critics say rather than accept it unthink- unthinkingly. A fiduciary protection enfeebles us by guaranteeing we'll only receive. Good advice. They're saying that it enfeebles us. What's more, the countersued, Depsued uh, Management Group, that's the people mm. that were taking care of his money, they countersued, okay? Okay. And what they said was that his financial distress was, the, was a result of his tendency to overspend at a rate of $2 million a month on items like, and I love this, 14 homes, a chain of islands in the Bahamas, $30,000 a month on wine. <laughs> Okay, but this is the one I like the most. He spent $3 million to blast the ashes of Hunter S. Thompson from a custom-made cannon. Now, I think that's money well spent, <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's money well spent. <laughs> Fuck your French village. I would have chipped How in. good is that? Come and on. He could have crowdfunded that one. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. I would have bought in for that. Oh, could have crowdfunded. I got $5 for that. You yes. know, Dr. Hunter S. Thompson ran hey, for mayor. Do I get a picture? I just want a picture. Hey, yeah. Of the kaboom. Dr. Hunter S. Thompson actually, he, he lived in Aspen. He ran for, uh, to be mayor of Aspen. Yeah. And he said that he was going to tear up all the roads and rename it Fat City. <laughs> that was one of his things. And he used to sit, his house overlooked John Denver's house there. And he said that one of, Dr. Hunter S. Thompson said one of his favorite things to do was take an air rifle and shoot the icicles off of John Denver's house. <laughs> Now, if there was ever a man who deserved to have his ashes shot out of a cannon, no matter what the cost, that's the man right there. That's right. We shot him out of an ash hole. An ash hole, absolutely. So this got me to thinking about a couple of movies that I have seen in the past. The first one is called The Big Short, which a lot of people have seen. The book is fantastic. The other one is called Margin Call. A Big Short came out in 2015. Margin Call was released October the 21st, 2011, and I will... Say, uh, point out in a minute why I think that, um, why that's important. The basically what this is about is a derivatives market. Okay, that's what took us down in two thousand and eight. And understanding derivatives is really, really mm-hmm. complex stuff. Um, really, what a derivative is—the way you get the word—it derives f- its value yes. from something else. At this point, you can have a derivative on anything. Anything. And there is an example. There's one of the things I was looking at is the difference between what's known as notional value and actual value for derivatives. Right now, the derivatives market, there is a they somebody put a value on it, the notional value Mm -hmm. of wait for it. You're gonna love this number. One point two quadrillion dollars. Remember, this is an unregulated market. Now, notional value, basically what they're saying there is that that is the proposed 
underlying value of all derivatives in play on both sides. I have a notion. Yeah, it's a notion. Right, I have a notion. Now, just to put that in perspective, $1.2 quadrillion is 10 times the value of the global GDP. So it's 10 times the value of all goods and products produced in the world. Okay. Okay. Back in October of 2011, on October the 3rd, Mm -hmm. to be exact, I put together some thoughts regarding the uh, continuous live coverage of the theatrics that was the Occupy Wall Street spectacle, which had riveted me to my television for like two weeks, even though at the time I was living in a house 2,800 feet up on the south face of Mauna Loa on the Big Island of Hawaii that had a view from my back lanai that spanned 50 miles from South Point all the way up the Kona coastline. So getting me visually riveted to anything other than my view takes something super duper. And, and I, was, I was literally glued to it. And I wrote, back then, Wall Street won't change until Main Street figures out how badly it's being shafted by it and then screams about it at home. Mm-hmm. At home. Because this is the point about these marches. You can march all day in these big cities, but until you're willing to go right there and scream about it right there, Okay, that's what matters because elected officials will generally do whatever they think will help them get reelected. So until they hear the electorate branch creaking, lawmakers will continue to pander to those who contribute the most. And when it comes to being selfishly magnanimous, nobody is more most than Wall Street. In 2010, the financial sector, shortly after being bailed out by you and I and with the ability to borrow from the Fed again, you and I, for mm-hmm. basically 0%, 0% interest. They chose to invest as a sector, the financial sector, $520 million mm-hmm. in, wait for it, <clears throat> yeah, lobbying. Oh. Yep, lobbying. And I well, say invest because we all know these guys don't spend dollar one unless they know they're going to get five back for it. Okay? And what did, yeah. they, get? And here, and what did they get for half a billion bucks? Well, for openers, the... The perpetuation of the heretofore unproven assertion that deregulation out the yin-yang leads to general prosperity. Fuck me. Yeah. While we were looking the other way and polishing off a bottle of Thunderbird purchased with the remains of our 401k, the newest incarnation of the Broad Street Bullies, now known as the Corner of Wall and Broad Street Bullies. Mm. You got to know the financial sector to get that one, but it's there. What they did is they managed to create their latest... Pygal poker investment tool, better known as derivatives. Hey, if the only way you can create an unregulated $60 trillion financial market that is so mathematically complex that most of the participants in it couldn't tell you exactly what they're investing in is to overturn a gambling law originally enacted during the Wilson administration, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to red flag it. Go yeah. ahead. Google derivatives. Okay, just Google it. You know, it's a blah, blah, blah based on an underlying blah, blah, blah that is agreed to be paid at a predetermined blah, blah, blah based on the original blah, blah, blah expected but not promised blah, blah, blah as a percentage of the underlying blah, blah, blah in order to hedge blah, blah, blah against future underlying blah, blah, blah. 
Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck me running. When when all that came out, I'm like, I, I need to understand this. And I Good did luck. very much the way I did in like uh, science and algebra and everything. I, I, I watched a, a piece on YouTube. It explained the whole thing. And I, and I soaked it all up and I understood it long enough to realize what bullshit it was. Right. I, you at understood point, it long enough to realize you didn't understand at, it. At which point I started to erase it from my brain because it was, it was a bunch of, uh, double talk by design. Well, and, and it's all, it's all very arbitrary. Not that the market isn't anyway. It, well, you know? it is and it isn't. But, I mean, these days, mm. Pete Seeger would have to change the lyrics to where have all the engineers gone. Mm. Want to know why there's a shortage of civil, mechanical, and electrical engineers in this country? Because building shit doesn't pay as much as concocting equations for brokerage houses that would yeah. have Fibonacci golden spiraling out of control like a whirling dervish on shrooms. I just want the trains to run on time. And these guys are conjuring up calculations designed to have MIT grads scratching their heads. Then they're mm-hmm. pointing them off as investment hedges, just so a few of the Dave Schultzes of Wall Street can fly their Learjets over the train station I'm perpetually waiting in. Yeah. Now, you want to go <laughs> now? Go home, explain that to average Joe. You know what his reaction's going to be? Fuck me running and shave my head. The mm-hmm. reason that this kind of caught my eye and I started thinking about this is because in the movie Margin Call, the whole it's, it's about one particular company mm-hmm. that realizes that its position in the derivatives market has gone outside of its acceptable parameters where they get a 10 to 15, they, they go past their limits of what mm-hmm. they is possible. So if it goes the right way, they're fine. But if it goes the wrong way, the value of the company, if the derivatives went down 25%, that would equal more than the value of the company itself. That's what's going on in this movie. The guy that discovers it originally, mm-hmm. okay, which you find out later in the film, he was an engineer. He was a, he was a civil and mechanical engineer. He built bridges, mm-hmm. and what they, they have to bring them back because they don't want to leave any loose ends. And he says that. He goes, you know, I built a bridge one day. Mm-hmm. He said, I built a bridge. The bridge is between someplace in Ohio and someplace in Pennsylvania. It saved this amount of people, mm. this amount of drive time, and it's 18 years ago. So over the course, I have saved one. I have saved 1,125 years of time that would have been spent in a car mm-hmm. emitting, you know, Right, carbon carbon monoxide. That time time that can now be spent doing other things by these people. And he said all that, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, why aren't we paying those people sure. the same amount? Can't we just come up with? Okay, so here's my suggestion. Here's okay. how I want to take care of all this. All right, shut down the derivatives market. When I say shut it down, it's important to understand what I mean here. Tomorrow morning, nine a.m. Wall Street time. Whatever position you got, that's it. By yeah, by by four o'clock, everybody has to be flat mm-hmm. on every single derivative position globally. Globally. Turn the fucking lights off. Just turn it off. Sounds good. That's great. it. Settle all accounts at current market value. Then fire everyone in the derivatives trade in the financial services industry and make it so they can never, ever work again in that industry. Okay? You know what's going to happen after that? Don't go get All the jobs. engineers are going to go and do what they were originally Supposed studied to, be, yeah. to do. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. All the, that's why we have a shortage because Wall Street pays five times as much yeah. as the Army Corps of Engineers. Mm-hmm. It is disgusting. That we now, the derivatives market is bigger than ever, and it is still completely and utterly unregulated. It is still there. Warren Buffett, 
In mm-hmm. 2003, what did he say? He, he made a statement back in 2003. He said he described derivatives as financial weapons of mass destruction. This is Warren Buffett, motherfucker. All right. Okay? The man. Now, that didn't stop him from actually having derivatives in the Berkshire Hathaway portfolio. And he kept them there because of their liquidity. They're very easy to trade. They're very easy to swap CDOs mm-hmm. and CDSs. Okay? And, uh, you know, short market positions can be easily swapped out for other positions in other derivatives. So, you, you know, but when you get rid of a position on your books, mm-hmm. guess what happens? It goes on to somebody else's books. Derivative doesn't go away. Okay. It's still there. These are based on an underlying value. Buffett is now out of derivatives. He's completely cleaned derivatives out of Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio. They're done. He has none left. Okay. If Warren Buffett thinks that you shouldn't do it, yeah, that's it. That we're done. That's it. Tr- there's a great quote from the movie The Big Short. It says, "Truth is like poetry, and most people fucking hate poetry." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But the line that that I really thought that kind of applies to where we're at now was from a guy named Michael J. Burry, M.D. And he wrote, "Michael Burry was hired once again. He was a doctor. He started to be a doctor, mm-hmm. and." He got hired by a company called Scion Capital Investors. It's out of San Jose, California. And he was given absolute authority to do trading on their behalf, and he made them lots of money. And he's the guy that in 2005 took a look at the derivatives market and the derivatives that were based on the underlying mortgages that were out Mm -hmm. there and said, this is crap. I'm betting against it. And at the time, there was no way to bet against it. This is one of the great lines in the movie where the guy goes – you you want to bet against the housing market using what instrument? He goes, I'm going to go to Wall Street and I'm going to have them create one for me. Well, and guess what? They did. They did because their thought was, you got to be kidding me. You, you're betting right now that everybody, that the housing market is going to fail. He's like, these are mortgages. Who doesn't pay their mortgage? He's like, you're saying to me that you, you're betting against something that is catastrophic, that has never happened in the history of... Mm-hmm. of the United States where he goes, yes, that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Okay. <clears throat> At the end of the day, okay, he made Scion a 489% profit on their <laughs> investment. So he did pretty good. He did pretty good. He saw it way ahead of time. And at the end of it, after he had made all this money, he decided to get out and close down the fund. He now invests – this guy, Michael Burry, he invests in only one thing now. He does limited investments, but it's in one commodity and one commodity only. You know what that is? It's that. Water. Oh. Remember I talked about mm-hmm. this? I said there were yeah. two things that could change the world. Water desalinization mm-hmm. and electric car, electric batteries for, for getting people and products from point right. A to point yeah. B. So we don't need internal combustion engine anymore. Mm-hmm. And in the email that he sent to the Scion capital investment, capital investors, their clients, when he said, I'm... This is it. I made all this money, and now I want out. He wrote this. He said, people want an authority to tell them how to value things, but they choose this authority not based on facts or results. They choose it because it seems authoritative Mm -hmm. and familiar. And I think think that that is how Trump and Mm -hmm. many of our politicians – Wind up in office. They sound like they know what they're talking about. Right. They're there. You know, we don't have term limits. Term limits are elections. Mm-hmm. Okay. For congressmen and senators. Now, individual states for state 
uh, employees. They, mm-hmm. you know, governors are many governors are term limited, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, but that's how Trump came into power. He seemed authoritative. He seemed familiar. He seemed to know what he was going on. He's a businessman. We need to run this more like a business. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I almost admire Trump with this whole Flynn thing. I almost admire his allegiance to his friends. I almost admire it. He sticks by his friends. Like, and there's something to be and, – yeah. and, you know – As long as they're beneficial. As long as <clears> – whatever. <throat> yeah. Whatever. There's actually, there, there's actually evidence that he's stuck by people that didn't mm-hmm. benefit him. If you're his friend, he yeah, really does right, stick by right. – and there's something to be said for that. In the business world, once you become president – the all, all that has to be thrown away. There's a great supposed line, to be our friend, right? Our friend, our, friend. our advocate. Yeah. His only, only, only decision, his only way to make a decision between choice A and choice B as president, which choice benefits at least fifty point one percent of right. the electorate. That's it. That is it. Period. End of discussion. Welcome to pragmatism. That That's is what it. It's all end about. of discussion. But he's still operating under a business sense, a cronyism sense, because business is based on cronies. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. You've got business, you know, you've got people you do business with. Mm-hmm. And it, in the movie The Big Short, there's a part where this one guy who runs a fund who is just out of his mind. He can't. They're all spotting this. These guys are spotting what's going on. And they go to Vegas to like the bond traders convention in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know. And bond trading was just the most boring fucking thing in the world until until they started lumping together these mortgages. Mortgages used to be lumped together, okay, as CDOs, collateralized debt obligations. The key word in that is collateralized. So the collateral was the mortgage itself. Okay. Okay? And these these mortgages are given ratings by the ratings agencies, Standard & Poor's, Moody's. Their job is to take a look at what the underlying value of – any particular financial instrument is and then tell you whether or not it is very is risky or not. How mm. risky is this investment? Those that are the least risky, the safest investments are rated triple A. Those that are most risky are rated B. Mm-hmm. It goes triple A, double A, single A, triple B, double B, single B, in that order going down. Okay? And the further down you get, the more the if the the more the betting against the investment pays off. So if you want to bet against the triple A's, it's a three to one. You want to bet against the triple B's, it's mm. twenty to one. You want to get bet against the single B's, it's two hundred and fifty to one. And he has a meeting at this thing with this guy who runs one of these derivative funds, but he doesn't work for Merrill Lynch yet. He only uses Merrill Lynch's stuff. Okay. Okay. And the guy's sitting there and his head's about to explode. And he's trying to figure out how this guy is computing it. I'm watching this. And I watched the same scene five times before I could actually figure out exactly what he was saying. Now, I worked on Wall Street. I'm a geek about this stuff. I, mm-hmm. this, is, this is where I get my wonkiness on. All right. I get my wonk <clears throat> on when it comes to this shit. Okay, I'm pretty good with numbers, but I, I like this. There's something about it that I find enjoyable. And if I got to watch the same fucking thing five times before I understand it, and yeah. you want to tell me that we don't need a fiduciary rule right. and a law in this country that says the people I've entrusted to look after my money 
have an obligation mm-hmm. to do what's in my best interest, not the best interest of their fees, right. not, okay? How is it possible that, well, I know how it's possible because the financial services se- sector owns the fucking nation. Right, right. At some point, Wall Street became the biggest mm. industry in America. How is it possible that they're the biggest industry in America? Well, because well, because what they, they can are, afford to buy more politicians than anybody else. Nobody, nobody is more most when it comes listen. to fucking paying people off to get what they want than Wall Street. These motherfuckers. And my, uh, it all comes back to all these marches that we did. You were, hey, you remember the Wall Occupy Wall Street? Yeah, yeah. Me neither, motherfucker. Because yeah. it got fucking nowhere. We're now worse now mm-hmm. than ever. And if this yeah. thing comes crashing down again, what the fuck are we gonna? Who are we going to blame at that point? Nobody went to jail. No, Nobody right, went to prison. Right. They all got. They, they all paid. They all paid fines. They got paid huge amounts of money, and they're still there and more powerful than ever. Yeah. And now we got Donald Trump saying he's going to drain the swamp and bring in the yeah. people that right. were responsible for that. Jamie Dimon, Mnuchin, mm-hmm. those guys who were yeah. the fucking heart of that shit. Yep. He wants to bring them in on the inside. Yeah, yeah, I don't see a problem with that. There's no conflict of fucking interest there. You piece of fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll explain to you how they got there because you've got you've got two ingredients. Campaign you've got, contributions. You've got, well, that's but but I'm talking about just as as a whole. But you've got greed and a good work ethic. Just because you have a good work ethic doesn't make you a good person, right? All right. You've got you've what got. What are you design, working towards? On behalf exactly. of? You know, and some people are talented at, at at carpentry and they make beautiful furniture. And some people are talented in in, in metalworking. You know, and they make they make beautiful sculptures. And some people are are good engineers. They design cars. And some people are good with with you know with plants, so they farm and you know so th- your your talent and your passion you know you these become, people are good with numbers. These people, people are, are good, are good at, figuring they're out good how to at fuck acquiring. You. They're good at acquiring, and they have a passion for acquiring. And every time that they acquire more, it it makes them feel good, but also makes them want more because they're not built all about winners and losers, baby. They're not winners built with a limit. It's a great line in Margicol when a guy goes, you know what? Yeah. The percentage of winners and losers at the end of the day is the same now as it's always been. There just happens to be more of us on both sides. Sure. But, but, but it, it, it's same. a disease. Greed is a disease. It's a mental illness. You've got an itch that you can't scratch, I have, but you're going to address it with everything within arm's reach. I spoke about this before when I did my uh, – when I wrote the entire thing about pot. I said we cannot regulate mm. greed. We cannot regulate morality. So what we are forced to do – or what we should do is regulate those industries that prosper almost single-handedly based on greed and immorality. We have to yeah. we have to we can't stop the people from being who they are. So we have to stop the instruments that they that are out there that they can use in order to further their greed and immorality. And yet we keep electing people over and yeah. over and over and over again. Who seek not to do that, but to feather their own fucking nests. That's why I suggested that song by Metric that we played on a previous uh, episode of the Groovathon, Gold Guns Girls. Gold Guns. All the gold and the guns Those and the, the girls, girls in the world cannot get you off. There's That's a gray the line, gray line to Big yeah. Short. He goes, right after this guy created the first... Uh, derivative based on a mortgage, he goes, That's when bond brokers went from the boardroom... Uh, went from the... Uh, what is it? The... Uh, the... The... Uh, the... the uh, it was the, the, that was it. He said, that's when the board members went from the country club to the strip club. Yeah. That was the turning point right there, when they went from the country club to the strip club. And it was. And the thing is that these mortgages used to be backed. They were FDIC backed. They were backed 
by the government, but they went private. We allowed them to privatize it. Once you do that with, with something like this, and look, I'm a capitalist, but this isn't capitalism. This no, is not right. capitalism. It's, this is not Adam Smith. Robber this baronism. This is not Ricardian land rent theory based mm-hmm. on an underlying number that has actual intrinsic value. This is a faux thing. This is bullshit. And now it, is, now it has a notional value of $1.2 quadrillion. So <clears throat> let that be what I finish with. $1.2 fucking quadrillion dollars in an unregulated global market that – not yeah. that nobody, literally, the people in it don't understand. There's a great line in Margin mm-hmm. Call where one of these guys, there's these two guys, they spot it and they get together and they're doing it. And he's saying, I don't understand. We can't, nobody's going to tell us if we're right. And if we're wrong, who the fuck's going to tell us that? Because nobody mm-hmm. understands this shit. Unbelievable. How, how much is that? Four quadrillion? Is that? Could you, do you have change for a kajillion? For a, kajillion I, a kajillion dollar bill a here? Bazillion. <laughs> yeah. When do when do we get it? When, what is bazillion? A bazillion. I don't even know. Yeah. I didn't even. Know, I wasn't even familiar with the term quadrillion. I had heard it before. I just didn't know exactly how many zeros are in it, and I still don't. All I know is it's a fuckload of them. Yes. These motherfuckers. Mnuchin just got. You know, yeah, got I, the big okay I, last night. Yeah, I know. Piece of shit. He was Piece a fucking. Of shit. He literally took he. Mortgages. Mm-hmm. He got yeah. rich off destroying the world. Yep. These are the people. All you people who voted for Trump, all my friends out there, fuck you. <laughs> all righty then. All right? Fuck you for that. I love you. You're my friends. There are any number of other areas in which I stand shoulder to shoulder with you. But what the fuck is wrong with you, man? And I'll tell you something. I'm not going to stand by for the hypocrisy now. Right. I won't fucking stand oh, for Oh, well, you see, the reason that I voted for the kids... No, because you're no, you, you're voted, a bigot. You voted for the reason because you were just too fucking stupid and lazy to understand that what this guy was selling wasn't fucking worth buying. That there was no underlying value in Trump. There's no... That's it. The, that's the, right. The derivatives and the underlying derivative. value of the <laughs> options, okay, have zero fucking value. Beautiful. There you go. That's, that's a great... It. That's a great point. That, that, that's it. That's a good point to groove on. There it is, baby. Yeah. You're damn right it is. We're going to keep the groove going. I love this song, man. This is Sil Johnson doing different strokes on the Groove Down on SoFloRadio.com.
with the program breach. It seems that I've forgotten your name, but it seems that she's done the same. And now something has happened. Suddenly she's been distracted by something that has been attracted. She poked and poked and smacked at it. Then she broke down and she scratched it. Now I think you understand Clint. Saw the doctor flex his biceps. Then he picked up a pair of forceps. Her pretty face showed fright. Right then and there she fainted. A really grim picture is painted. The brother who she acquainted was the enemy. Scary, ain't it? The pubic enemy. Frown in the Jimmy haste that saw the fair maiden in the royal bedroom. But the king scratching, so she had to assume that he got evicted by the enemy's trick. The thought of cheating made the maiden so sick that she screamed for scream. Went on and kept screaming and threw a pot, and his dome was beaming. You can hear him yelling in the motherland, baby, baby, please, baby, understand. She ignored and walked through the gate. The king is in the kingdom to away his fate of the enemy. The beauty began to baby. Listen to me. What? Something is lurking by the Jim Brown scheme. Ooh, Jenny? No, not propulated. A horrible creature that must be penetrated. He gets on to ya. Really tries to do ya. You better run fast. He's going up pursue ya. What? Yo, listen here. Bot Master Wiz. No one fears. Okay, so. I thought I'd let you know how he lives and how he go. Watch yourself when you're out on the run. The enemy is mess will have too much fun. The four friends of mine who thought they were bad are laid off the stirrups and now they're sad. Jungle. 
Absolutely not. We have games. That's all. We play games. What if? How many men? What would it take? Is there a cheaper way to destabilize a regime? That's what we're paid to do. So Atwood just took the games too seriously. He was really going to do it, wasn't he? Renegade operation. Fact is, there was nothing wrong with the plan. Well, the plan was all right. The plan would have worked. Boy, what is it with you people? You think not getting caught in a lie is the same thing as telling the truth? No. It's simple economics. Today it's oil, right? In 10 or 15 years, food, plutonium, and maybe even sooner. Now, what do you think the people are going to want us to do then? Ask them. Not now. Then. Ask them when they're running out. Ask them when there's no heat in their homes and they're cold. Ask them when their engines stop. Ask them when people who've never known hunger start going hungry. You want to know something? They won't want us to ask them. They'll just want us to get it for them.
Queen of Soul. Aretha Franklin. Money Won't Change You from Lady Soul. It's actually a James Brown song. One of my favorite albums ever is that album. That album side. Remember I was talking about album sides? We used to do al- not which album, which album right, side. Yeah. That album side, side one of Lady Soul. It's got a Chain of Fools. It's got that song, Money Won't Change You. It's got uh, Natural Woman. And she also does People Get Ready. Like, best version of that song I've ever heard. Fantastic. Before that, Fear of Foreign Policy, baby. From Fear the Record. A little clip from Three Days of the Condor. Yeah, double shot of Robert Redford today. Opened with Redford from Sneakers. A little bit right. from Three Days of the Condor. I like that. The interesting thing is, at that scene, what, what, what happens right after it, they're standing in front of the New York Times building. And Robert Redford mm-hmm. has discovered this plot, you know, that going on the CIA to, you know, do something in the Middle East for oil. And he turns to the guy and goes, you know, well, they've all got it. You know, the New York Times got it. And the, the other guy turns around and goes, how do you know they'll print it? Right. How do you know? And that's the scene where Robert Redford turns around and gives you that look. That's it. They go to credits. Great. Fantastic movie. For that Calypso King and the Soul Investigators, Chick Beans. From Soul Strike for that, A Tribe Called Quest, Public Enemy from their first, I think it's their first one, yeah, People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. That was on uh, Jive Records, yeah, a little bit of Q-tip there. Radiohead, I might be wrong, from Amnesiac 2001, kicking it off. What a groovy-ass tune. Syl Johnson doing different strokes from Dresses Too Short. That was uh, Syl Johnson's first album, came out in 68. Great stuff right there. Hey. Yeah. You know. We're a day late, but not one bit of groove short, as I mentioned earlier. No. The reason, uh, on Sunday night, I went to go see Altamiola, and I went with my friend Yaja, and we were driving over there, and he was right behind me as we're driving up Sunrise to go to the Parker Playhouse. We had, you know, ate down at uh, Sunrise at A1A. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of restaurants down there that I thought were doing great. They're all closing. Like, there were two restaurants down there that I thought, you know, they're perfectly placed. It's great. It's kind of a little happen, a little mini happening scene. They're both closed. Gets me to thinking that somebody, some there's there's going to be some real estate adjustment in that area any second now. A perfect place to just build, you know, mm. a behemoth of a skyscraper. So we're driving over there. We get to the Parker Playhouse. Get out of the car, and Yaja goes to me. He goes, "Hey man, your brake lights don't work." Oh, a root. My brake lights don't work. What are you talking about? Now this is one of those things, you know. Had he not told me, I never would have noticed it. I mean, you know, other people driving behind me, they're just like, hey, you fucking dick. He's no brake lights. He tells me that. So what do I do? Yeah. I know. Yeah, you know what I do. I call Dave and his entire crew at Precision Auto Works, all right? That's Dave and Mike and Kaz. They are all ASC certified. Precision Auto Works in Pompano Beach, Florida. 954-247-9362. I go in there. You know what it was? The lights, the light bulbs burned out. There, that happens. Yep, five dollars and ninety six cents in parts. Whole thing took a half hour. Walked in, took a look at. It. He checked the fuse, checked the switch, checked the bulbs. He goes, "It's the bulbs." Get in the car, drive, get the bulbs, come back, slap them in, done. My man, my man. Okay, these guys are literally. I swear to God, won't I? I don't do anything in the car unless right. he's standing right there. Okay, Mike, Dave. Cause the whole crew, ASC certified. If you go to the SoFloRadio.com website, mm-hmm. click on the box that says Tony C's SoFlo Groovathon, you're going to see a list of all the shows I've done. There are links there so you can download or listen to each and every show for free because mm-hmm. you can't put a price on Groove yet. <laughs> and above every show, you're going to see every song I played. So basically, if you go to the site, you'll see every song 
I've ever played. And at the very top is a description of the show, and you will see a link for Precision Auto Works of Pompano Beach, Florida. Very easy to get to. It's right off 95 in Atlantic. Okay, it's on 3rd Street, so you take Atlantic over to Andrews, make the left turn, make the right on to 3rd. Two mm-hmm. blocks up your right there. Very easy to get to. 954-247-9362. It is absolutely the place where people who love their cars take their cars. There's some cars in there now. I know people love them. There is a 68 Vet 427 Interceptor, 435 real horsepower Ooh. sitting in there. There was a 68 Mustang, or a 66 Mustang, I believe. Beautiful cherry. We were trying to decide if it had the 302 or the 289 in it. We couldn't figure that one out. Right down the block, there was a perfect Buick Grand National. That's a balls-to-the-wall car right there. You know what that means, right? Time for the drive group, baby. Yeah, double shot of Robert Redford. Why not? Double shot of Jeff Beck. We're going to kick off the drive group with Jeff Beck and the Big Town Playboys on SoFloRadio.com.
Thank you.
ran Albert White out of Boston, like you heard. Now he's making a run to our rum operation in Central Florida. He wants Tampa. It's true. I could use someone who is committed to putting an end to Mr. White. You found your man right here. It's hot down there. I don't mind hot. You ain't never felt hot like this hot. Can you tolerate an Irishman in your crew? This is America. I've lived it worse.
to take my time Take it easy, baby Cause I've got all night buzzing on my mind Way down in Memphis A long time ago
Baby, Beck Bogart and Apathy. That is Living Alone from their Live in Japan album came out in 73. I played stuff from their uh, the first studio album they did. They got a bunch of tracks on that that I absolutely love. Best version of the Stevie Wonder song, Superstition, ever done. Beck Bogart and Apathy. Fantastic stuff. Before that, some brand new stuff from a guy named Quinn Sullivan. The song is called Something For Me from Midnight Highway. And that literally just came out this year. He's a new guitar player. I'm not sure what I had written down. I think he's on Mascot. I think he's on the Mascot label. Another one of those guys I was looking at. For that, yeah, I can't help myself. Weisberg and Mandel shucking the corn from the soundtrack to Deliverance. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Love that stuff. For that, a little bit of a clip from a brand new movie, the uh, uh, movie called Live by Night. I like it. Are you okay with having an Irishman in your crew? Yeah. Yeah, it's America. I've, I've, I've had to deal with worse. Yeah. Who is he talking about? Who is he talking about? For that, an old friend of mine, Adam Rogers, doing a song, Dice. That is from a CD he released in 2012 live at the 92nd Street Y. Adam, uh, I've known Adam. I was there the day he got his very first electric guitar. He's a neighborhood guy from the Upper West, so I went to school together when we were kids. He's now on tour. Uh, I believe he's still currently on tour with one of the best bass players on the planet, a guy named John Patitucci, and came out with an album, and there's a documentary going to be associated with it called Brooklyn. Uh, All right. It's excellent stuff. Adam Rogers doing Dyson, kicking it off. Yeah, we did a double shot of Beck. Why not? Jeff Beck and the Big Town Playboys cruising from the album Crazy Legs came out in 93, and I was say- telling you, if I hadn't told you who that was and I had said it was Brian mm-hmm. Setzer, yeah. you would have been like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, Sounds yeah. just like Brian Setzer. That's how good Jeff Beck is. That's, that's how fucking good this guy is. Not to take anything away from Brian Setzer. Hey, check it out, baby. Yeah. 422. I said I I predicted we'd come in at the 430 mark. Yeah. Not bad. That's not bad. We Pretty got, damn close. Got it all out. The next show is actually going to be in three weeks, not two weeks. I've all got right. mom coming to town. I've got a lot of stuff to do. And I don't want to deplete from the quality of the show. All right. And more importantly, I don't want to deplete from the quality of the time I get to spend with my mother. Right. So there's a trade-off there. That means I need extra time to make sure that the Groovathon clears the bar with room to spare. Indeed. <laughs> hey, Very I'm going to get you. Like I said, I got a bunch of uh, spilkas from the chicks that I know, the chicks broads, dame skirts, sugar bridges that I know. Yeah. I'm going to get I'm yeah. going to get a whole bunch more of it now, I would imagine. I, I bet. I would have But I started off with ladies first and I'm going to finish off the show today with Vicky Anderson doing Message from the Soul Sisters. It came out in 1970. This is one of those great great songs I have come to love so much. Hey George. Yeah. Cool beans, bro. Cool Happy beans. Valentine's Happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Loving the weather down here. Sorry you guys getting all yeah. that snow up there. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Suck a tat. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's you don't have to live there. That's all. That's all. I used thing. to I live there, and now I don't. But it's, now I've got now I've got great yeah. weather and horrendous traffic. Yeah, 
The traffic is just. You know, if if uh, if it wasn't a nice place, everybody wouldn't want to be here. That's there you go, baby. Yeah. Problem is, all the people that want to be here are making yeah. it not nearly as nice a place as it could be. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we're free to leave. There it is. I'm hey, gonna man, leave. I'm going to come back in three weeks. I'm going to try and do the exact same thing again, except just a little bit better. So, as always, for myself and Gramps Master Flash Lord yeah. Georges over there, it is aloha and peace. See you soon, Ma. Yeah.